Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Well, to me, J-Bon on the Friday form panel for the first time in a long time. I am wondering, after putting these cans on, how big is Gareth Hall's head? Hmm. What a bonce. They don't fit. Uh, Dan Malicky, great to lock horns with you again. How are you, mate? I'm very well, Jace. Nice to hear your voice. It it seems like it's been a, a long time. Welcome back. Yeah. Now... I need you to be honest with me. You've had, I would imagine, a squiz at my form and prices. And for the first time, I reckon, in eight years, when I was doing the form for this meeting, I, I was questioning myself. I'm rusty, month off. Have I got the near right? Tell me right now, have I made any significant blues? Well... I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't That's know not a I great way to start, that. Dan. That doesn't sound but good. I, tomorrow night, um, uh, you, you'll get your answer. I tell you what, race one, I reckon, might be one race that um, I tend to think you could have provided a little bit of value, um, uh, perhaps, perhaps, in the first event anyway. <laughs> I'm a, with three debutants, I'm a, if, that, if that's been my greatest sin... Um, I'm okay with that. Is there anything later yeah. in the card where it's all gone pear-shaped or not? No, there's nothing that stood out to me. I, I just, uh, I, I must admit, there was one stage there for me to uh, reconfirm uh, some of the things that I liked. I, I actually, uh, you know, because I was doing the form before your prices come out. Mm. I specifically, I specifically had a look to see what your prices were when they come out, mm-hmm. and to, I was making adjustments. So if, um, if anything, you you help give me the the confidence and back up some of my thoughts and prices. So there was a couple of races there that I was a fair way off, but it made me realise that it was probably me, not you. <laughs> Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, a little bit of Taylor <laughs> Swift. So. Let's get stuck into it because race one, you're telling me, there are two debutants now. Soho Solitaire is out. Uh, Remy Lou, fifty. It wasn't – it was a funny old win last start, wasn't it? Uh, very short price, got the job done, professionalism, will to win. I don't know where Remy Lou sits in the, um, the Pantheon. Paradigm uh, SP profile says – that they believe it's got ability. Soho, Vesperlind, good trial. Talk to me. Yeah, I, I look, I, I was taken by the trial of Soho, Vesperlind. Yeah. Mainly because of A, it trial well, the times were good. I actually had a look at the trial. Uh, I thought it, it's run third of three, but it's got beaten ahead against two Emma Stewart train runners and they came home in pretty good sectional times. Only a little thing, but um, I think the draw might actually be helpful here not that it matters too much whether she would lead or not but i think remy lou got the job done last week but it wasn't convincing enough coming around the final turn she looked like that she was vulnerable it's good that she found but i think it was only her race experience that helped her Mm. 
she's up and going and, and about and no doubt is is rightfully the favourite and rightfully the, the one to beat because of that. Um, I just think that uh, uh, the the opposition here might be slightly stronger than what she met last week. And I think Soho Vesperlind is looking to my eyes as if she's a, a, a far better debutante than what she, that Remy Lou uh, was up against last week. So, so that's why I've come up with Soho Vesperlin, and I do like what I see in the trials. Um, Michael Stanley, I think there's one person that we can trust for having um, horses ready when they're making their debuts, and his debutante last week was not really fancied and ran really well against Remy Lou. And I reckon Soho Vesperlin, on what I have seen at the trials, is better. So that's why I've got her on top, number three, from six, Remy Lou, she might, look, she, her progression, a third, a second in a group three race, and then a win in a $20,000 race. There's nothing wrong with it. I just got a question mark on the depth around that form. You only have to look at the amount of horses that are around at the moment. Um, and it's good to see. We've lost that for a moment. I want to hear more. Get him back on, please, team. I want to hear more. He had given a great dissertation about the top couple, but I want to hear the rest. Have we got him back? Dan Mikey will rejoin us in a moment. I, I tell you what, I'll give you my assessment. Oh, here he is. I like. I needed closure on that. Please continue, Dan. Yeah, I will. I don't know how far you, you, you uh, into it that you lost me, but uh, Michael Stanley produces his horses um, and you have a bit of confidence about what he can produce. He had a debutant last week that I don't think was as good as what I've seen of Soho Vespolin and ran really well against Remy Lou. So I think from what I've seen, Soho Vespolin is better. She's only tiny, but she's got a good little motor. And she's ticked that box. So, and and the price aspect too with Remy Lou, who's a dollar fifty at the moment. So, have Espelin. There's no great overs, but from what I've seen, I'd I'd prefer to be on the three. So, three six, Paradigm's interesting runner because it's mm. obviously a much better draw. Did everything wrong last start, so returns to the track and with uh, with a good gait. Um, you would think that the right stable there with Jess Tubbs and Greg Shugs can can iron out some of her quirks. Uh, she could be the big improver. And uh, it obviously thins out a bit, doesn't it? And she's a tiny dance, did enough in her trial to be mm. some sort of a hope. So it's probably a thin enough race. There's not going to be too many opinions here, but I thought three, six, one, and five would do me. So six, three, five, and one for me. So when I was growing up and watching, I was obviously, as most listeners know, a thoroughbred fan growing up, uh, Maribyrnong Stakes or whatever it might be, I always wanted to take the race runner. Um, and I don't want to take a dollar fifty. I, I mark Remy Lou a dollar forty, but you know, I wouldn't take that price. I would need but you know what <laughs> I don't know if I want to have a bet at all because if Remy Lou gets out to two dollars and they come for Soho Vesperlind, yeah. then I'll, I'll 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 stay out. But I wouldn't mind asking you this question. So Remy Lou, so we look at the last start win. Um, not dominant in any way, shape, or form, but lifted professionalism. When you're looking at young thoroughbreds, so different game, are you more about uh, um, that wasn't dominant or 
the fact that you know there must be some competitive instinct in them when they're young to lift. It really wasn't pressured. Frigno, to be honest, if it hadn't hung and done everything wrong, might have gone straight on by. But do you look at it and go, with young horses, uh, both codes, that if they have that, if they have that extra, that X factor where they seem to want to find the line and they will lift under pressure, is that more important or do you look at raw ability and say, I'll tell you what, with young horses, raw ability will win the day more often than not? Well, yeah, with a two-year-old, I suppose it's the, the mix of those aspects, isn't it? Race experience, very important. And to me, that's what got her across the line last mm. week. The fact that she'd had that race experience um, or more experience than the other horses that were up alongside of her coming around the final turn. The other thing probably uh, I haven't given enough credit to is the fact she'd returned from Sydney with seven, within seven days. So that can make them to a degree, but also uh, there's a lot going on within seven days for yeah. a two-year-old to be travelling up from Sydney to Melbourne. Uh, so maybe we, I saw her under her best. So I'm only taking on face value what I saw last week and I just thought she looked vulnerable and there might be a better horse in this race to really test her. So... Um, you're right, the form's right there, um, but at $1.50 is short enough. If it goes one way or the other, I, I suspect that she'll drift out, Jace. I, I would yeah. think that Soho Vespolin well, right. will firm up and there might even be a little bit of money for for Paradigm um, if Remy Lou drifts out and she might get out. Look, $2 seems a bit far-fetched, but uh, she, she's going to head that way. I think that's far more likely to happen than her to firm to 140 or 130 Before we go to a break... I think, it, just to educate the listeners, if you are like Dan and you like the trials of Soho Vespalind, I would back it now, yes, because if the money comes and then Remy Lou drifts out, you'll be kicking yourself. So you might as well have a if you If you're into Soho Vespalind, have a, have a bet now because one suspects you're not going to get a better price. Would you agree, Dan? Oh, no doubt. And we see that a lot in the trots, don't we? Um, the, the horse that I fancied as my best bet last week was Ebony's Avenger, and it was about $2 on the day we were doing the preview. And it, it ended up starting about a thirty on the tote and $1.45 fixed odds. But it was still readily available, $1.90-odd, just five minutes before the race. So in these cases, if you think you can identify them, absolutely have uh, take them early um, because the way they can crunch up is uh, quite extraordinary on the trots, more so than, than at the gallops, actually. Race two. Now, I'm not going to try and read your mind, Dan. Actually, I am. The, pri- the price early about Orby, not my top tip, $15. Totally insane. And I'm wondering, I'm leaning towards thinking you're going to tip it, but I'm going 11, uh, 10, 9, and 6. Uh, Bonnie Bell, second line runner, should dominate. Gypsy Princess is the only one off the front line. Mm, I, I wrote the form comment, maybe Smooth Techie, but Gypsy Princess. But this is one of those rare preferential draw races where uh, the second line really, they, they really do have an edge. Um, Bonnie Bell is very good. Uh, Zach Chapman down from... Uh, Queensland, now with the Emma Stewart stable, trained by Alan McDonough. The win three starts back, outstanding. And it's the runner off the second line, I think, can quickly make a move and try and get up on the speed. That's very hard to do over the short course trip. $2.80, I marked it 250
I need a bit better than that, but um, Albi, I wish I'd seen the $15, then Sassiola and Gypsy Princess. But I'm wondering whether you saw the price about Albi early and you were just like, I'm with it. Am I right? Uh, Look, I I possibly would have been if it was $15. I did see your prices and I think you've got her. Well, I know what price you've got her, $4.00. I I had a seven dollars, so somewhere in between. So fifteen clearly was way overs, and nine fifty is uh, is still a bit of value there. So, to be truthful, if she, last week's run or, or her last start performance, I, I was a little disappointed in her last two hundred meters because I thought she was going to work into third, and she didn't quite finish off the way I would have liked. And I reckon I've got her in the top four, but that was my uh, little reservation there. but uh, uh, Absolutely no, not. Cody Rockenberger is driving very well. But last two starts, Cody and, and, and Sal Marine goes back on. Now, that is that is not a commentary on Cody because I think she's improved out of sight. But that's the only thing I'm thinking, that um, yeah. you will get a better performance. But Sal knows her so well. I still think nine fifty is overs, but if she's fourth, who's first, second, and third? Yeah, well, look, it wasn't that straightforward uh, for me. I ended up tipping Gypsy Princess, but she needs to settle forward. Um, I liked her last win. She was uh, she was dominant, and if barrier six can be a barrier that is turned into a good gate. You know, by pushing forward, and yeah. I think the right driver is involved with Chris Alpha to do that, because if there's going to be an advantage of drawing the front line against her main dangers, I think she's got to be ahead of them in the run. Um, so I, I think she's got, without being a fast beginner, I think she can take a spot, but I think she'll need to. Uh, and she showed that she's got a bit of ability, um, well, right through her career, but I think she's really putting it together now, as mm. her form is suggesting. So without super confidence, I, I, it was more a, a group... Um, of four that I thought all had winning chances. And my tips uh, here are six Gypsy Princess, 11 Bonnie Bell with Zach Chapenden, who um, has made a, a remarkable um, impression in his uh, short uh, list of drives today to Victoria. Sassiola is probably going as well as she e- ever has for mm. a horse that's at 166 starts. And and I think all, if I last week's run was satisfactory and the points that you make are valid, particularly when it's nine fifty, if it was two dollars twenty, it'd yeah. be completely different. Um, so I think you have to put her in there because at her best she could absolutely win this race. And even now she looks like she could be a bit of value. So six, eleven, nine and ten, and probably need to mention Heavenly Charm because she's a quick beginner and she's best when she can get to the pegs. Um, I'm not ruling out the possibility that she could lead from that wide gate, um, but she's outside of my top four, Jason. Six, eleven, nine, and ten. Not, not super confident. I've been a fan of Zach's for a while, but it, you, I mean, you watch harness racing all around the country and New Zealand. I think. Do you wonder sometimes whether we get um, a little bit Victorian centric? There are so many good drivers here that we don't recognise the talent sometimes of uh, those elsewhere, WA, Queensland and K, because, I mean, this kid just comes down here. His drive on, um, who was it that beat uh, Tripo last uh, Sea Silk was just, yeah. it was just picture perfect, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, look, even there was the race that he won um, coming from back in the field and, 
he read the race really well, and that's what impresses me, uh, his ability to read mm. the race, let the horses settle, be patient. They're sort of things that you can't teach people. They need to have experience. And yeah. It's an ideal time to go for a break, and we'll come back and talk more. Friday form panel. Hopefully we can get more of Dan Malecki on the back end of this. The news is hard upon us, but I've got to ask you, Dan, how popular are you? Uh, I just I'm, I might be popular enough, but I'm not smart enough. Been up for uh, enough time for people to call me and they all want to ring me while I'm on air and I give them the same excuse every week. So it's a bit like speaking to Dory and finding Nemo. They keep forgetting. I do, I do wonder. Some of my closest, I mean, even at this station, Mitch Abaya, I'm calling you out. Texting calls while I'm on air, and I, I'm just like, you know, when I'm on air, but you know, we we love these people nonetheless. But it would be nice if they knew when we were hard at work trying to find winners for the punters at Melton on a Saturday night. Friday form panel coming back in just a moment. We're going to find out what's happening in the world. I'm hoping there's at least one. Bizarre news story. I don't. I don't like it when it's just traditional news. I want one bizarre news story that we can talk about. But we've also got eight races left to go. Time for a break. When we come back, more Dan Malecki, more Jay Bon, less calls, more fun coming up. SEN Track. This is where we find the winners for harness racing on a Saturday night. Um, race three on the card. A couple of horses here who we've known were pretty good from the word go. Love Gun and Kaivelli Piero. Now, tell me, have I got this wrong? Because I marked them a lot closer than they are. One seventy yeah. against four dollars. I thought, I thought they should be a fair bit closer, Dan. Yeah, I, I must admit, I I priced Kaivelli Piero favourite from Love Gun. I thought. Kaivelli Piero is on the up and might be more reliable, but Love Gun mm. at his at his best is a pretty handy trotter. So um I think yeah, the gap is a bit bit too big. Uh I was a bit more like uh, like you. So I think with that you can identify Kaivelli Piero at being at a bit of value. L- Love Gun, um sometimes I get the feeling there's not the confidence there to drive the horse out and hold a spot. Yeah. He can be a bit rocky. You want to get him to to get settled and um, he, he did that okay. Like, he stretched out well to win at Cranbourne and, and even the Yarra Valley when he dropped back in class and he won it very easily uh, a month or so back. Um, but you got the feeling that uh, there were confidence builders for him because yeah. he went through a bit of a patch against good horses and might have lost a bit of that confidence. Um, he's pretty handy and got a good gait, but you can get very easily sucked into a horse at short odds because they've drawn well. And you need to know they can take advantage of that gate. Um, he probably can, but I'm not convinced he will. So that's why I've gone for Kai Valley Piero. Uh, Love Gun might be the better trotter and is the obvious threat. Um, uh, but I, I think $1.70 is too short, Jace. Um, I thought Sangriel, if you could trust her, if you could take mm. uh, or be forgiving of her last start run, I think she's well placed. 
but it was a poor run last start. And as I say, you just have to forget it or forgive it to give her that chance here because $13 looks like it's a bit of, of value. And and Gaelic Lad, he's got the gate speed to cross them and lead, yeah. and uh, I think he's far more of a place chance, but he can finish in the mix as well. But it was 6-2-9-4 for me. I think in a weird way, uh, Gaelic Lad, a place, or one by five, might nearly be the bit in the race. So what you've outlined, I I, I totally concur with, which is not unusual. Um, Love Gun, if the, if the speed wasn't drawn outside of him, then you can sort of balance for the first 50 and then roll forward. But Gallic Lad, Abundance, Kai Valley Piero, they're all going to be applying the pressure, aren't they? So, and and Greg Sugars, I don't think he's going to want it. You've already outlined it. Not going to want to run Love Gun out. The only thing I will say is what Lara J Farm have done with these trotters is quite phenomenal, really, in a short time. And Greg is... Greg's one of those drivers that frightens you that he might like he might know that uh, he can get out a bit better and just does it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he's just one of those drivers that might say, yeah, "No, I've just been uh, protecting this horse, but I can. I've got the gate. I'm going to do it." And but I'm willing to cop the possibility of that under the price. Like I've got it on top, but I'm willing to cop the possibility of that under the uh, prices. Uh, Kai Valley Piero second for me. Uh, Gaelic Lad, like I say, I do think like it's naturally quick, isn't it? So lead hand up to either Love Gun or Kai Valley Piero, and in a, in a very tough race, I'm thinking there's nothing wrong with backing it at two dollars to the place and just rolling. Is there's nothing wrong with that at all? No, no, absolutely. Um, and therefore, you might be identifying that that value. Uh, whether it's for a winner or a place, I mean, Gaelic lads, what is it, a place? It's better odds a place than what Love Gun is for a win. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to, uh, uh, you know, $2.10 collect, uh, you got to be happy with. doesn't matter if you're backing in for a win or for the drum. And the only one, the only other one I've included is Icicle. It is just three of its last five have been outstanding. Yeah. It deserves to win, but the way racing works, you can deserve to win and, you got to find the right race still, don't you? But uh, Icicle is well, going we so to be well. millionaires, and we're not. <laughs> well, I'm not. You know, you, you could be, but um, I'm sure people would agree. Well, you know, the text message I, I sent you last week asking for 50 bucks, I'm like, yeah, obviously not. You never responded, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> race... I do not disturb on it. It was the only time I worked out how to use it. <laughs> race four is the final leg of the early quaddy. It is the feature of the night, and even with this is how strong the square gating mares are now, even with a number of the big guns out of play, it is still like six horses, Dan, but a belter of a race nonetheless. It is a good race. Um, it, look, initially when I looked at the race, I thought, well, Queen Elite is the, Queen Elite is the obvious one, but will probably be too short. Um, I always try to look away from a horse first up at, at a good level. Um, now, she got the quality, and I don't deliberately want to look away from her, but she's a big, heavy set horse. She always needs that racing, and I tend to think she could be vulnerable here, albeit she's got the class. So who leads? Is it obvious Sleepy leads? Or could potentially another horse lead that you don't often see draw the front line? Um, and I went back through Kiang Lavana's form, and, gee, there's, it's been, she used to be a very quick beginner, um, 
she'd leave the gate really good, but mm. she's never had that many opportunities in the last couple of years, would you believe, to be able to draw a gate and utilise that gate speed. So I reckon it's the best barrier draw that she's had for at least two years. Yeah, right. Often drawing the back row, <clears throat> um, stand start races, and she's pretty good. And I thought her run last week behind Sleepy was also very good. Huge. But she had the back row, of course. Here from two, look, I'm not saying she absolutely would hold out Sleepy um, because if Sleepy led, would Sleepy take a trail behind Queen Elida? Um, this is 2,240 metres. Or does Kiang Levana get dug up early uh, and try to hold her out? Because the, often the race can be won in the first 200 metres and this might be one race. I think she's hard and fit, mm. Kiang Levana that is, as well as Sleepy. And if they think the barrier draw is going to be an advantage for them, I reckon she's got the gate speed that Jason Lee might want to use it. So I, I'm, I'm tipping Kiang Levana to win here. I, mm-hmm. I wish there was eight in the race and I could tip her each way. But So I've got two, five, four, Queen Elida, Sleepy, and I threw in the O Fortuna. That's the other one with gate speed. But um, it's just been that long since Kiang Levana's had the opportunity to utilise gate speed. But she... Probably going back to her four-year-old days, it was a quick beginner, Jay. So yeah. uh, do they lose that gate speed as they get older? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But I, I reckon that um, I reckon this is her opportunity to make use of a good gate. She hasn't had one for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we love to uh, exchange notes. Um, this is what we do on the Friday Form Panel. The only thing I'm thinking here uh, before we go to a break is that Keying Levana could do that, but I suspect that she's going to lob in a great position regardless. So you can use your gate speed or let Sleepy get across. Queen Elida has to go and um, go to the breeze at some point. Keying Levana is going to be in a stalking position regardless. I think all three can win. I do want to risk Queen Elida. It sounds like you do as well. I, I'm just thinking three, what, what is it, three weeks between runs. Um, like you say, big mare. This is a um, high-quality race. You're in love race. with her. What's happened? <laughs> no. Well, um, relationships ebb and flow, you see, Dan. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. On ability, she's the best. We agree with that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. But... I'm thinking I, – I just don't see – I think she'll settle and then go to the breeze. And from there, I don't think – if Keying Levana is where I think she'll be, and that is talking both of them, then Chris Alford, I think first up from a break, unless it is the exact pinpoint moment to lay down the law, then – I think you're leaving yourself vulnerable to Keegan Levana or Sleepy. And Sleepy, for my to my eye, I, I can just see them burning off the back, Sleepy in front, Queen Elida outside the leader, Keegan Levana stalking them, and Sleepy having got a cheap section somewhere, hard fit, flying, very, very, very hard to run down. Very hard to run down. So I, I'm with Sleepy on top. Over Queen Elida, King Lavana can definitely win. I marked her 450. She's 550, touch of value. Um, I don't think anything else can can really be dangerous, though. You, you, you're looking at O Fortuna, who was an inter-dominion heat winner. So who knows, but 
the, the form is just ebbing and flowing too much with O4 Turner, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, she, I think she's a hard mare to get right, and when she's right, she's pretty good. Best suited when she can lead. She might be able to hear. She might be the one to make the race interesting by having a dig for that early lead um, because uh, Sleepy's quick out, and I think Kiang Lavana can show the gate speed as well, and that's what we want to see also. And to be truthful, O'Fortuna might be um, the f- the horse that helps Queen Elida the best because the, probably the, the more genuine the tempo, it might suit Queen Elida to come with one run as opposed to driven out of her comfort zone first up. So O'Fortuna can have... Uh, um, she, she, her, the way she's driven and the way she can perform uh, probably helps Queen Elida more than any other horse on the race. And uh, Anthony Butt is not known no. for leading and saying, <laughs> how about you take over? One thing I will say as we go to a break is if Queen Elida just dominates these, it will be a great indication that in her, like against her own gender, she's just superior because she's done this before and then gone to open grade and it gets a little bit harder. But if she can just kill these, uh, regardless of uh, circumstance, tempo, then she's just better than these under these circumstances. But I'm with Sleepy here at $2.20. Umbrella. Um, Quaddy, we start with a very strong race. You spoke about Ebony's Avenger earlier. $4.80. Um, There's one here who I reckon is way over the odds, and you will be aware because you've seen my prices. Sean is the one to beat, but outside the draw, 17.20, 2.15, it's about right. I'm wondering whether you're with me here. I think Kai Valley Hotspur showed just a glimpse of his extraordinary ability. It was only a glimpse, but $18 and three forty sucks me in. What are your thoughts on the race? Sure. Look, I've got him in my top four uh, for a horse at eighteen dollars. Suggest what was the probably price? Have... What, what price did you have, Dan? I have got Kai Valley Hotspur at ten dollars. Mm. So um, again, it's about halfway between. Uh, you're giving it a stronger chance. I'm giving it a good chance, and the market is not giving it much chance, which means there's value there, and it's the first leg of the quaddie. So I. I would, well, even if you're taking two different quaddies, it definitely goes in the numbers. It's in my top four. And and it's fitter and it's on the way up. It's not difficult to make a case for him, is it? Well, no doubt you're in this position as well sometimes. Again, I was looking at the form thinking, I marked Kai Valley Hotspur 550 and I was worried that he might be quite a bit shorter. So, yeah. you know, you do that sometimes, don't you, where you're like, I just, this might actually be, you know, I, I might have got this wrong. And it, and then he turns out to be $18. But Shawnee is the uh, the best horse in the race. But what have you come up with? Look, I agree with you with Shawnee. Um, he obviously got it all wrong last start. and He still lightly raced. And he got it all wrong right at the start. He was out of play, never, never a hope of winning that race. If you could... Uh, be guaranteed he would trot all the way. Uh, he clearly is the horse to beat, mm. and would probably be a dollar fifty, dollar sixty. Yeah. Um, but it just puts that sour taste in your mouth. He's at two fifteen, so he's 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 at a price where he could very easily trim up the wads on or get out a little bit further in the market. But look, I think lunch with Arthur, from what I've seen with him, 
he's had his racing spaced, but he's won his two races when he's been fresh. So this is the shorter gap between runs that he's had when he has won. So he obviously goes well when he's fresh. He was very good winning last start. In fact, it was a soft win. And I think he's got the gate speed where he's got enough speed to, to lob in a handy position and he can finish off his races really well. So I've, uh, I've tipped lunch with Arthur. I wasn't sure whether we might get slightly better odds about lunch with Arthur. He, mm. He's somewhere, uh, but, well, actually, he, he's under the price. Oh, no, it's about the same price I marked him, but I was sort of hoping that he'd be closer to, to your rating because with a horse like him up slightly in class, again, like you were talking about, Kai Valley Spot Hotspur, that early price could go either way. Um, but I think uh, Stable usually get it pretty right, particularly if they do happen to have something on him. So maybe the uh, betting providers are not uh, uh, are aware of that and not offering too juicier odds. But I think he's a nice trotter. I think he's going well, and I think he'll be very hard to beat. So two from 10, Shawnee, I, I agree with you. I think he's the best horse in the race. Uh, then uh, Ebony's Avenger has been racing well. Th- this is uh, a fair bit tougher, uh, but is in the mix. And Kai Valley Hotspur, for all the reasons that you've either pointed out or just about to point out, because he's still early on in his prep, uh, is open to improvement. And I saw enough there last start that uh, he, he can improve again and be a horse that we want to have in our quaddies, particularly at $18, or even if he's into $9 by then, to have something on him now. Well, yeah, I, I, look, I went with Shawnee, but I wouldn't be backing him at the price he is now. And it's seventeen twenty Now, Trotters, uh, would you agree, Dan, they're more capable of, if they've got a class edge, they're more capable of overcoming these draws because I could envisage uh, a situation where Shawnee takes off like 500 metres after the start and just dominates them with, class and you don't see that as much in the pacing ranks do you Pro, look probably not. not not with a progressive horse like that but it can also go the other way uh when they've had little experience and then they get to the city class races the older more experienced horses and um it can be a little bit intimidating and i wonder whether that was part of the problem last start um with with shawnee um because he drew the back line there, and usually when they're on the back line, they're less likely to, to, to gallop, aren't they? Because they've got horses to trail up. They're not on the front row. They don't get as keen. Um, so it was a bit off-putting to see him do that. I didn't expect him to do that. I, I, I felt like I'd earned his trust and that he was past that stage of his his career. So maybe it was just a one-off. Maybe I should be more forgiving. It is interesting, though. Um, he's off the uh, quote-unquote unruly, but... Shawnee, because he didn't go through the age-restricted races, and I don't want to get you started on the rating system, but even if he wasn't off the unruly, he's already a 72. This is his ninth start. So he's taking on pretty hardened horses here. I mean, right at the top of the list, Chiron. Um, You've got Tipsy Turvey, who's been, uh, you know, through the ringer, Golden Sunset is flying. Golden Sunset 21 and 370. Maybe there's something there, there as well. I ended up with 10, 9, 4 and 6. But I will be backing Kai Valley Hotspur each way. And I'll tell you why. There was only a glimpse there. But early doors, Dan, I thought he could be... I thought he was the one. 
Now, they've all gone past him, and for whatever reason, there's been a flatlining. But on ability, like he has as much ability, in my opinion, as all of the five-year-olds who are now inheriting the earth. He has got stacks, and I love the way he was driven last start. It was just to hit the line hard, and he did that. And if he gets his mojo, it might not be here. It might be next start. It might be down the track. But if if he gets his mojo, like he's a real proper good trotter. Yep, no doubt. And and at value as well. So, um, uh, yep, don't try to talk yourself out of it, mate. Take the 18 now. We want to take a break in a moment so I can take it. Um, <laughs> Tipsy Turvy is the other one. I, I tend to think that Tipsy Turvy is a, I won't say specialist miler, but there's evidence to say that Tipsy Turvy likes the short course. So 10, 9, 4 and 6 for me. But I understand with lunch with Arthur, I'm, I'm remembering magical Robbie O'Connell, Zach Phillips, it's a dangerous combination. You don't see it a lot these days, but they're a dangerous combination, aren't they? Oh, indeed. Um, Robbie is as good a horse person that I think I would have ever come across, and I think there'd be a lot of people in, in harness racing, and even outside of it, that would say that as well. And uh, he's just flexing his muscles and reminding us just how good he is because he's doing a wonderful job with, with a horse that, let's face it, was uh, uh, very frustrating if you were following him or, or, or owning him and... Uh, He's uh, he's fulfilling all the talent that he's shown for a long long time. So we're going to go for uh, to the news in a moment, but I'm going to throw one at you before that. Um, a young driver like Zach Phillips, Darby McGuigan, others. Have you got any ideas of how we can keep them uh, motivated, um, not not placed under so much pressure or wanting to look for other avenues? Because no worries. We have got an incredible list of young drivers right now. But you hate to lose that talent from the, you know, the cut and thrust, don't you? Because Zach, yeah. Zach Phillips is a genuinely outstanding rangeman. Oh, there's no doubt about that. He's got his own business now, but he's been forced to look at it, and that's a smart way to go about it. He can... He can uh, ha- have a, a business and, and earn a, a, a decent income or potentially earn a decent income, but also combine that with one of his loves. He started very early in harness racing. And look, uh, if you do have uh, a business and you do have a family, uh, there's one thing that really uh, makes it difficult is that the long gaps in the time that you spend on the road and at the races. And um, when you've got 12 race programs, and nowadays even at night there are 40-minute gaps, it's, uh, it's nigh on impossible. And if it wasn't for the passion and the love for the, the industry participants, um, I think we're very fortunate we've got those sort of people that can do that because they're virtually sacrificing other aspects of their life that are probably more important to put the show uh, on um, for um, the, the key uh, people. And, you know, that it's sad to see sometimes because the length that they're going to go to, they're very noble uh, to be able to do that, but to make sacrifices against your, your own life, taking days off work if they've got part-time jobs and... They just love their industry so much, but I think they're get, getting taken advantage of and there's got to be more human welfare uh, noticed by Harness Race in Victoria. Um, 
to 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 help out that situation. Otherwise, we're going to lose a lot more people. Uh, well, that yeah, we got we got in the news, but that was a point that I was really trying to drive home. That if you can see somebody uh, struggling in any way, shape, or form, and they've got ability just to be there for them, and they don't have to stay driving, but look after them, look after our people, because the drivers and trainers are the lifeblood. I would love your opinion on this race. So district attorney has got, you know, star written all over him, hasn't he? So it, yeah. he, 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 we know he's going to get to the elite level, but one thing I've learned over many years, Dan, and you've done it for many more years than I have, even though there's not a lot of difference in our age, as you tell me all the time, <laughs> um, <laughs> you just started earlier. Um, it doesn't mean that, you win a race like he should, but it doesn't mean you do. And I'm so I've got him on top, but a dollar fifty-five. The trial was outstanding, but I won't take a dollar fifty-five because Par's guarantee is drawn inside of him. Par's guarantee seven starts in front, six wins, seventeen twenty. More inclined to hold him out. I want him to win. I want him to win impressively because he's got that. He's got that feel of a good horse who could do something, but I I don't think he's one fifty five. What did you mark him? No, I'm the same. I, I had him two dollars two eighty. Um, yeah, right. So uh, I've obviously underestimated him a fair bit as well. I, I think with that in mind, he he probably has to get out. He can't get any shorter than that, can he? Um, there's well, too it's many other horses, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. And that's no reflection on his ability and his uh, further potential. It, it is his ability that gets him to that price, isn't it? So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No no doubt. I mean, you said Pars guarantees in good form. I think it's far more of a challenge for him as well. Um, I think Cosimo's flying. I know he doesn't win and probably uh, the market assessors have uh, put that tag on him. Mm. Um Ever hoping is going really well. The horse that impressed me, believe it or not, I gave a really good push for last week, Courageous Saint. Mm. Um, and he was terrific. He came out of the gate. He worked early. He was first up. He's got to be improved by the run. And I reckon he might get into a reasonable spot at $16 again. Um, I, I think I'll put him on top, Courageous Saint. Right. He, one of those horses, if you, in this case, backed him or tipped him last week, you see the $16 at overs. Whereas if it was the other way and it was $33 last week and he's 280 this week, you sort of think, well, you got the value last week, 280 is probably unders. I still see that as being overs. His run was excellent um, with improvement to come. Now, District Attorney, no doubt, very good horse, hard to beat. At $1.55, <coughs> excuse me, um, he's yeah. under the price yeah. I thought Are he that would that by the price, Ted? Yeah. He's caught the throat. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're right. Uh, a Cosimo, Cosimo's ready to win, but... We could have recorded that message months ago, couldn't we? Um, he, he was very good from the back last week. But Courageous Saint was very good. They ran really good time. He came out of the gate first up, pressed for the lead. Now, he ended up getting the gap to drop in behind the leader, which is all good and well. But he was bolting coming up to the home turn. And naturally, he finished off the race well mm. enough to win. Uh, but he'll benefit from that. So at the odds, at the odds, if he was $3.50, I'd still probably be tipping him, to be truthful, but maybe uh, here, Ooh. you can back him each way. District attorney hardest to beat. I think Cosimo has to go in and ever hoping, 
Ever Hoping's been really good um, in, his, uh, in his two runs, where he ends up over the short query, but he can finish off if they overdo it, uh, and you're looking for the horses running on hard, Ever Hoping and Cosimo should be those two horses. So I, I think the easier district attorney is able to lead, like he doesn't have to lead to win, Jace, but if he just lobbed in front by the first bend over the short distance, he's yeah. probably a dollar fifty-five shot. Yeah. I just thought there was enough horses there uh, to to not necessarily just be driven to get a trail behind district attorney, and and that'll be the difference between whether he's a dollar fifty-five shot and or slightly longer. Yeah, like yeah, I agree with my like ever hoping I just don't like where he's going to get to. I don't know how good he is. Again, Lara J Farm, they worry me. They're going so well. Eastern Challenge winner, um, up in grade here. I think it'll get shuffled back, but Greg, Greg can find his way out of those gaps. I would be having, personally, so my numbers are six, seven, four, and 8, but I'd be having a bundle bet equal stake on Cosimo and Pars Guarantee. You don't win six of seven in front. Pars Guarantee has been... He's like a horse who's been playing on the challenger circuit. He's good enough to be, you know, playing Grand Slam, like playing Grand Slams, but has decided to go on the challenger circuit. And we haven't had many of these, what is this now, a two Metro win race. Cosimo does seem very well placed if District Attorney finds obstacles. Because I know, quote unquote, he doesn't win, but you've been one of his biggest fans all the way through. And this seems a really, really good race for him. But I, I know what you're saying also with Courageous Saint. People will look at that win, won't they, and say, well, you know, you love the right spot. But when you run the gate that hard and you go 154.7 and you're bolting, like it's a big win, isn't it? People don't recognise. They think, well, you were behind the leader. But he spent... Lots of petrol early to get where he got to. My word, 154.7. I mean, he had a bit of race fitness, still about three weeks between runs. Um, and sure, he made his own luck, though. That's the thing. He lobbed behind the leader because Jack made sure he went out hard enough uh, and led um, uh, to try to lead. Uh, and then he still had a kick. The thing is, he travelled well. It's not as if he was under pressure at the 500. He laboured and he got the job done and it was a tough performance. He travelled up on the turn. He was bolting before getting the sprint lane. And the truth was, to my eye, he actually ran out of condition with 50 to go. So that's why I'm confident he'll improve with that run. We'll sneak through one more before a break. I've got to say, and I know we've seen this with the cloud nines of the past, but Imperial's Reason has done this twice in three starts, sub 155 over the middle trip. I am looking at 250 and saying, I, I marked Imperial's Reason 220, but I think 250 is overs. I Like, nearly best of the night for me. Are you with me or not, Dan? Oh, I have to be. Last week I made the comment that uh, that was the win of a, a, a horse that will get into group, a mare we're talking about, get into group one races. That was a stunning performance. Yeah. Um, she ran along a bit in the early part. The time was excellent. They went 154.3. Uh, and Imperial's Reason made that race, dug up from two, kept running along and absolutely bolted in. Uh, and, and to be truthful, looked like she had just a little bit left as well. Uh, more of a challenge drawn the back row, but I'm not put off by that. I think she's simply a good mare 
and I agree with you. I think I expect that she'll be winning this race and probably two fifty. It's it's not a bad price. She takes on the boys, but yep, she's uh, clearly on top for me on what I saw last week. You know what they say about mares and when they're in form, and uh, I don't think she could have gone any better than that last week. So she's absolutely in form at the moment. You know what I reckon? I I there's not there's minimal gates bit of the front line. A but Oregon's Oliver holds them. And all this uh, great young man from Queensland, Zeki Chapman, has to do is take off, and the lead will be there. Like it, it doesn't even matter. Like that's the difference between a dollar thirty and probably two dollars for me. But uh, I, I just think that nobody's going to have a crack. The only, the only one I'm really interested in, <laughs> give it a try, yeah. force. Three or four starts back, we catch a wave. And I really like the trial. And we know Chris Lang at the trials. Um, it's quite quiet. I think it was Harry O'Neill driving uh, in the most recent trial. But give it, a, give it a try not to win, but I'm I'm watching because this horse has always promised to be a good horse. And I want to see it do something here because it might turn out to be a good horse. Yeah. Look, he probably hasn't had a lot of racing in the last – 14 or 15 months has he given it a try, but as you said, he, he beat um, he beat Catch a Wave. He, his record first up's actually pretty good, um, but barrier 12 makes it a little more difficult. Um, I'm, I'm not discounting him because I think he's got too much ability to ignore, uh, but it will be a challenge first up. And, and knowing Chris Lang, particularly with his trotters, they get better going into their prep. Um, so I don't want to discard him from being a winning chance, but you would naturally think uh, he'd be better with a run, unless, of course, Imper- there's enough pace in the race that Imperial's reason comes with one run, goes forward three wide at the 1,200. I don't know if that would happen, but if it did and give it a try, it was three wide with cover, that'd make it interesting. He'd be a far better chance that way. Uh, numbers, please, Dan. Uh, 11, um, Imperial's reason. Four, I'm no pumpkin. I thought chance of leading, but it's probably... It's going to be up on speed. and It wasn't a bad run last start. Um, six... Captain Confetti with room to improve. And Celestio Matuga is a pretty smart horse, but uh, he just fired up badly last start. He might have the right draw to settle a bit better this time. So don't discount him. He's pretty smart. So 11, 4, 6, and 8. Race 8. Bit time poor. My fault, obviously. Uh, Finally, the quaddy. Interesting race, isn't it, uh, Dan? What, what did you make of them? Like, Outlaw Man is the favourite, and I can understand why. But... I can see this body at time hold the front. Does it hand up to something? Is it radius? Radius has only ever led twice in his career, would you believe, and won both times. I can see him leading, but will there be pressure? How did you read it? Mm, you're one of my kind, Jace. But, um, <laughs> uh, one of a kind, I uh, should also add as well. Yeah, but no look, I, I read it pretty well, I thought I read it pretty clearly here. It's not a fast front line, is it? I didn't think it was a fast front line. Um, and then I thought, who would lead? And if they led, would they want to stay there? And I thought, no, unlikely, no, no, possibly, no. <laughs> yes, no. That poor yeah. man has to lead. I think you'll lead from seven. If you knew he was in front, he's a dollar fifty shot. Best bet of the night, race eight, number seven, outlaw man. Whoa. Again, sounds like you. Um I learned a little bit more from him up in class last start. I thought he was pretty solid behind Bulletproof Boy. 
it, it actually looks as if he drops back in class. He's got gate speed without being a brilliant beginner, but I didn't see it as a fast front line. So be interested by your thoughts here, but I was a very keen outlaw man. I don't think he has to lead to win, but I think if he does lead, it seals the deal. Seven, one bite out time. Look, he's a non-winner, but terrifically consistent. And he could run well. I doubt they'd want to lead with him and expose him. Uh, he might be better following a helmet. Two Magic Mike's tough and racing well. And five Radius is the one that it could be interesting if he came out of the gate to lead and probably would want to take the trail as well. But seven, one, two, and five. Oh, I've gone six, five, four, and seven. And I admit this openly. I have um, hitched my wagon to Shayella for so long that um, I'm, I'm a little bit prejudiced. Um, but I do think that Radius, if he'd found the front, I don't think it would hand up. And I reckon by our time, I reckon David Moran would be looking and saying, Radius isn't a bad horse to hand up with by our time because he can, he can uh, not lose his way, but point-to-point speed, he, he might not have it. And that might be the option. Um, Shorty's mate, another one of mine, um, I think nearly should have won last start, I, I've put in, and Outlaw Man, I'm just thinking... If you're right and it finds the front, yes. But I am thinking, no. A couple of minutes ago through race nine, um, I'll tell you what, I'm shocked by this. I honestly, again, month off, Dan, I thought I've marked our video $1.60 and it might turn up $1.30. It's $2.10. Tell me you're with me here. This is, to me, this is immoral. It just leads and wins. Okay, well, that's probably all I need to uh, boost my confidence because when I first looked at the race, I wasn't sure. When I looked at the race again, I wasn't sure. When I looked at the race again, I thought, gee, I hope Bond goes first here to give his tips. Um, Moral. I've priced him on top, but um, I always have that little query when they're first up. But barrier one, Emma Stewart usually ticks a couple of boxes. So one, six, two, seven for me. Um, I wasn't as confident as you are, but you can give your reasons. Well, uh, the trial was outstanding. Emma can prepare them first up. I see this. Before you go to a break, this is a single fire race, isn't it? At Probably, least early. Yeah. Probably, yeah. And then, and then, so you first up, so you offset that with a cheap lead time, and then you just roll day. Like, and also, our Vinny is a, is a genuinely good horse. So there's no, like... Straight line, if you if you had them all in a straight line, there wouldn't be a lot between them, but I would still be having our Vinny in a straight line, and it's going to lead and get a cheap split. I just, to me, 210 is money for old rope, but you're not quite as confident, but I, I wonder whether between the two of us and my um, spruiking, you'll, yeah. you're nearly as confident, aren't you, really? I think you've sold me. <laughs> Stop it for makes a break. sense. It's $2.10. I, Get on now, please. Two ten. I marked it at dollar sixty when one of my love children, Chiripa, was still in the race. I mean, how could you or I possibly? What was the name of the band? And do you know? Uh, uh, from the last song. Yeah. The name of the band. Oh, I darkness. Don't know. It was the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Now, uh, you know question. what? That's a great segue because when it comes to Azor High, we are walking into the darkness. How are we? <laughs> We're on uh, uh, somewhere between ice and fire. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, I marked it a dollar ninety out of fear because it's Andy Gath. It's one race in New Zealand. It's it's got really good gate speed, but Hot Deal is actually the favourite here. So, what did you make of it? 
Yeah, I, I settle on the devil I know hot deal. Third in a Group 1 race was enough for me to know what sort of ability he's got. Azora High, look, I've looked at his videos, um, like what I see, but I, you know, I can't confidently give you a push that he could beat Hot Deal first up or want to do that. One thing he might be able to do is get to the pegs first, which will be a big advantage with Ual Lister, Casta Semenya, drawn one and two. But uh, I've settled on five, three, four and six. Three, five, four and six. Best bet, Daniel Malagi. Race eight, number seven, Outlaw Man. I'll tell you what, at the price now, I'm so, well, I'm giving you two. Imperial's Reason into our Vinny. It's just that easy. Been great fun locking horns with you again. It's been... <laughs> But be it's one of the day. things I've missed most uh, from my rest. Um, good luck on the punt, mate. You too. Thanks. Great to join you again. I'll see you soon. There's Dan Malecki. It has been fun. Now, these chats, race by race, will be podcasted by our great man, Ollie. And if you want to listen to the whole thing, which you should, because it's wonderful and entertaining, you can find it on the podcast as well. Au revoir, people. Enjoy your weekend.